we make it a problem that we don't have the perfect conditions for what we need to do, for what we want to do, the way we want to do it, because it feels so impossible to hold the complexity of the truth, to hold the dichotomy of the whole situation. Right, in two seconds in my motherhood, I feel like the luckiest person in the world and also like a victim and a monster all at the same time for a million different reasons. This ache and this urge to make life count cannot be neatly put into a lane. It cannot be articulated. The reason why there's such urgency behind the feeling to do what we want to do is most likely because of the constraint. But I don't mean at the fault of the constraint. I mean because the point is the constraint. Help Me See is a podcast dedicated to the art of seeing. It's a space for the restless visionary with an insatiable desire to create the life and work you're meant for. My name is Bianca Leah Mora, and I'm a photographic artist, a mother, and a coach who's transformed my fear of loss into power, art, and philosophy. One of the scariest quotes I never want to say is I wish I knew at the time. But I truly believe that we have the innate ability to bring our wise 2020 hindsight to our now. You can deeply experience your nostalgia now while it's actually happening with no regrets. All you have to do is see. In this show, we laugh, we cry, we get inspired, we overshare. <laughs> we have life-changing conversations around making meaning, self-discovery, and shedding all of the BS layers in order to reconnect to our own sacred vision. Seeing yourself is an essential key to living powerfully. You are the vessel, the lens that filters absolutely everything in your life. What are you filtering for? Whether it be conversations with fellow artists and visionaries or my solo audio journal style introspective ramblings, each episode is meant to feel like an exhale, an unraveling of truth, a moment for you to be able to put your finger on something that you haven't been able to for far too long. Come exactly as you are. It's perfect. Honor your instincts. Let's uncover some of the most important things in our lives, which all too often can slip out from our view. Let's commit to seeing and consciously creating what only you can in your one and only life. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Today, I'm already, I usually don't even think about a title until I'm done. <laughs> Today, I'm like, oh. it's a toss up between he fell asleep while waiting for me or damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> oh, allow me to explain. So it is Monday morning and I've been really trying to figure out a flow in my life that would be 
that feels supportive for me and also right for my family and holding both of that. And um, so now, and my little one's home full-time and so am I, <laughs> unless I'm going away for work, which I actually am at the end of this week. Um, so anyway, I'm like, okay, if I just get one thing done for myself, like one thing that I really craved to, whether it be create something, um, literally something like an errand that I, I must do or something like that, then perhaps I can feel more at ease and open to really be present with him the rest of the day instead of feeling like I have something looming over my head, right? Or just like this tension of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get to X, Y, Z. So today, uh, that thing for me was, I just felt this urge to create um, a video and I wanted to do that. And I am, um, so I'm sitting there at the table, he's to my left outside and I'm like talking, it's both, right? It's not like I'm having like focus work time in, in my basement. I'm, I'm watching him and also working at the same time. And then, you know, going out and joining him and laughing with him. So it's, it's a little bit of both. And, um, one of the things I've been trying to do more lately is instead of using my cell phone camera so much, which I usually, I use my cell phone camera so much. It is, it is definitely my primary tool for documenting my personal everyday life. Of course, I use my, my real camera camera when I'm wanting to make sense, when I just feel that taste of that pull. Um, but I find for me in my everyday this, the ease and the casualness and the speed and the everything of having the cell phone camera works for me. Um, I've also considered getting another camera right now, like a regular point and shoot or, um, you know, reserving such stuff for film for my family. But I, you know, there's just so many reasons why it just kind of feels like a, mm, not right now, not right now. Um, so my in-between has been my camcorder. Right. I feel like using my camcorder is a really beautiful tool because it's a different way of digesting the moment. And it doesn't, I don't fall into my more normal flow of like, oh, I I know how I go to make a picture. I know like that vision that I usually dance with. Um the camcorder like forces me out of that because it's inherently a very flat, um, low contrast thing. And of course it's long form, right? Um, so I love how it invites me into a different way of experiencing my, my moment in the presence and being there. And, um, it really does remind me every time I use my camcorder, I'm reminded of how important, um, my first course that I made manifest your memories is. It really feels like this magic wand that I pick up. And when I pick up, I taste the moment more and I see it more deeply right now. Like I see in real time what's happening. And I also see the memory of it and feel myself looking at it through eyes that are like 20 years older. It's 
the most insane magic. It, I would highly, highly recommend if you do not have a dedicated camcorder, like a separate, not the video on your phone, a separate, um, I have something called a Canon Vixia, I don't know, just a handheld, whatever, nothing fancy, whatever. Ooh, it's a game changer in so many different ways. Um, and if, if exploring your, your foundations and your habits around documenting your life and your family, um, in a professional capacity or in a personal capacity, excuse me, not professional, if that feels, um, yummy to you and important, uh, get in touch and I'll send you information about my manifest your memories course. And it's not, perhaps I should change the title. I don't know. I love the title, but it has nothing to do with, you know, I'm not talking about manifestation, but the idea is <laughs> manifest your memories. Like you're, you're experiencing them and seeing them in real time. And they are because you're witnessing them. Like <laughs> It's probably not a great <laughs> marketing choice for me to name my course something that I feel the need to explain. I'm going to stop doing that. You don't need to get it. I'm sure you do get it. I don't need to explain it. That's what I mean. Um, anywho, tangent, back to the point. So I'm sitting there and recording him on and off and and then continuing what I was doing. And then at one point, and he kept saying, "When Ma as soon as mommy's done, we're going to go to the playground. We're going to go to the playground. Blah, blah. I've given up on him napping in the morning. He usually does not, either does not nap or falls asleep at the worst hour, like 4 p.m. <laughs> when, when I'm about to have to go get my other um, kid from school. And uh, so it's just never a thing for him to nap during the day. And so I'm finishing something and he crawls up in my lap and he's laying on me and I finally finished what I'm doing. And I've noticed, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's like almost falling asleep here. And I felt this instant pang of like panic <laughs> and relief at the same time, right? Panic, relief, opposites, I would say. I experienced them as opposites. Um, so I have, I'm, I get up and I'm holding him. I'm like, mommy's done. And he's like, mm -hmm. and I was like, do you want to lay down with mommy for a little bit? He goes, mm -hmm. I'm like, are you tired? Mm -mm. No. Okay. Let's just lay down together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I go and I lay down with him on the couch. And I pull the covers up and every time both my kids do this, I don't know if I, I don't know where they get it from. If I do it and I don't realize I do it, but like whenever they get extra cozy, they just like giggle, like involuntarily giggle. Like, mm. <laughs> And um, so he just like did that little giggle and I'm laying there. And so he's falling asleep, you know, and then I'm like whispering how much I love him. I love you, mommy. And then he ends up falling asleep and I'm laying there and I'm like, huh, all I ever, you know, feel like I, oh, I just need, if he napped, then I would have that time. So then I could X, Y, Z, right? Like if only this would happen, like how, how familiar does this recipe sound? If only this would happen, then I would be able to. And then if that happened, only then could I X, Y, Z. So if 
he were to nap in the morning or if I had some form of daycare or whatever in the morning, then I could get whatever important stuff done that I needed to get done that I deemed important. <laughs> and then I could really relax and be present and not have the uh, urgency, anxiety, resentment, frustration, all the stuff, right? And I, ironically, it's all the stuff that I'm putting on myself, right? It has nothing to do with actually what's going on. I mean, it has something to do with it, but depends on how meta you want to get with this conversation. <laughs> so I immediately feel so sad. I'm like, oh, isn't this it? Isn't this it? It's, I'm trying so hard to see and do something that I feel is so important so that I can make sure I'm seeing and being with the thing that I know is most important. And that thing just fell asleep waiting for me to finish. Okay. Let me say that a little bit more concisely and slowly <laughs> for myself, mostly. <laughs> The ultimate reason why I'm doing anything I'm doing is so that I am not missing the point of my life, so that I'm I'm really being in my life. And for me, self-expression in the work that I do is just completely tied to that. And also, while I am sacrificing the time with the thing that is most important in my life, one of the most important things in my life, my kids, to do that thing, he falls asleep, right? And he wakes up two hours older. <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's such a mind fuck. Oh my goodness. It's so hard. You know, I think that we make it a problem that we don't have the perfect conditions for what we need to do, for what we want to do, the way we want to do it. Because it feels so impossible to hold the complexity of the truth, to hold the dichotomy of the whole situation. Right. In two seconds in my motherhood, I feel like the luckiest person in the world and also like a victim and a monster all at the same time for a million different reasons. this ache and this urge to make life count cannot be neatly put into a lane. It cannot be articulated. The reason why there's such urgency behind the feeling to do what we want to do is 
most likely because of the constraint. But I don't mean at the fault of the constraint. I mean because the point is the constraint. Right? Like when I think about that in the context of what just happened this morning, it's like, it is so urgent for me to make sense of this way of wanting to drink in my life. And I feel like I can't quite get at it. And one of the main reasons why it's so urgent is so that I can be with my life. My kids are my life, my everything, right? And in trying to figure that out so that I can see them, I was able to see them the whole time, but I kept putting it off because I wanted to make the thing. <laughs> and I'm not bashing myself. I'm not shaming myself. I'm just like holding, pulling it out, holding it up to the light and saying, isn't this interesting? Isn't it ironic? Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wildly frustrating? Isn't that the point though? How could we even notice it? How can we even understand it if we weren't intimately involved in that tension, in that push and pull, in that contrast? If we were all-knowing enlightened beings of everything all the time, what is the experience there? Like, how do we touch it? How do we see it? I truly, the more, the older I get, the more I'm intertwined with this work, the more I feel like remembering and forgetting is the point. It's forgetting so that you can remember again, so that you can rediscover, but in like a deeper, more nuanced way. That's how I feel when I, when I think about the struggle that I find myself in, I find a new reason why I am so excited about sacred seeing because I'm like, oh, oh, yes, of course, because this is what I need for this. Oh, <laughs> and it's kind of like, duh, haven't you like discovered that a million times in a million different ways? Yeah, but like every day is new. Every moment is new. Every discovery is a deepening. Every, um, you're, even if you made the same exact discovery every time, which you're not, you're not the same exact person. You're a different person, like from hour to hour. You know, every time I read a page out of a book or I see something out in the world or a, a conversation with my kids, I'm a different person. We get so wrapped up in assigning ourselves an identity and finding a home in that identity, even if it's uncomfortable, even if we've outgrown it. I feel that way around uh, anxiety. Sometimes I feel like, am I keeping myself inside that label of I'm such an anxious person because I'm so used to that? But like, am I anxious? Like this happened the other day. Oh, this is, I was filling out this survey on this app or something like that. And it was like, how anxious are you? I don't know. It was asking me questions about being anxious or something. And I found myself answering like higher on the scale. And then I stopped and I'm like, is this true? 
is this is this still how where I am on this scale? Like I don't I don't know. Is this the most true for me right now? I mean, granted, I have been feeling very anxious lately. <laughs> but on a grander scale, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how Just because we are used to this habit or this experience and this has become normalized for us doesn't mean we have to stay there. doesn't mean it's still true or doesn't mean it's still right for us. You know, something that comes up thinking about that is like, what if I'm not, what if I really am not the person that wants to and needs to work anymore? I am. I'm still that person. But <laughs> what if I was open to not being that? Okay, let me pull it back to something actually um, simpler. Uh, coffee. Okay. Some might say that the amount of coffee that I drink is a contributing factor to the anxiety I feel. However, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I am not open to the possibility of not being a coffee drinker right now, even if there is a very real possibility that it's contributing to this discomfort of my anxiety. It's so dumb, but also it's so real. Like right now, the ritual of it feels more urgent to me than maybe per perhaps the more enduring benefit of seeing if I generally am a less anxious person if I stopped it, right? So there really is no right or wrong. It's being aware of the options around what you're choosing and just taking radical responsibility around that. You know, maybe I feel a little bit more empowered around my ability to help my anxiety if I think, hmm, there's still an option that I haven't tried, which is quitting coffee. I actually did quit coffee um, after college when I was having really, really, really bad panic attacks. Um, and I quit it for a while, but that was a long time ago. Um, so here, let me read something I read this morning, because basically I'll probably read books alongside of you guys. <laughs> okay. So this was so crazy. Um, once again, I'll let you know when I'm in a new book, but I'm not done with this one yet. Drinking from the River of Light, The Life of Expression with Mark Nepo. By Mark Nepo. Um so I was reading this page and I ended up, I was, the video I was editing was video I took of <laughs> light dancing on a river and he is talking about light dancing on water in this. And I had just been working with that video. It's so bizarre, synchronistic. Okay. When teaching creative writing at 
S-U-N-Y Albany in my late 20s, I shared the worst image I ever came up with, calling the sheen of the sun on the sea liquid tinfoil. Though the image wasn't right, I told my students that I used it as a placeholder, a visual bookmark that would bring the irreducible sheen of the sea back to me. This is the power of symbol and metaphor. Regardless of how rough or precise, the images point to what is clear and unsayable, so we can remember and revisit what has meaning. So, what does that make you think of? What is that for you? For me, it's photo taking. Honestly, I think for everyone, there's photo taking is a strong modality for this. Um, okay, let me go on. This morning, some 40 years later, I'm again by the sea, and the sun is high and the clouds are few, and they're there the familiar sheen glittering up the sea, old guide, old friend. And still, after a lifetime, I can't describe it or name it. I can only feel it. I keep relearning that what matters is unsayable, and yet every attempt to reveal it helps us live. The way every seed grows by reaching for a light it can't see or name. <sighs> then it says, I only know that to be alive and to gather meaning from living, we're asked to throw our words and feelings and questions like wood onto the fire of all that's unsayable to keep the shimmer of what matters before us. Placeholders that let us return to the things too big to name, but too important to forget. Mm. So when I read that, I'm reminded that I'm not losing my mind and that I'm not an idiot and that I'm not that I'm not um, incapable. When I read that, I understand, I get this like, okay. And that that is what I hope that my ramblings give to you in that be, being as honest and vulnerable and true to my actual thoughts and feelings is the thing that helps you realize like, oh, Okay. Like I am not alone. Oh, okay. Someone else is dancing with this insane conversation. Oh, okay. Because the unrest I feel, like feeling like I can't get to the thing that is the most important thing to me and I don't understand, that makes me feel like I'm choking. And when I read this, in this book, I'm like, oh, oh, this is just life. And why I need an outside external source to assure me of that just assures me that I'm human, right? Like, I think we all do. We, we're all pleading to like, see something outside of ourselves that feels like ourselves, a representation of like our own experience for everyone, always. So 
where do we end up here? Where do we end this conversation? Not end. There's no end to this conversation, but where, where, what questions come from this? What are you, what is this for you in your life? What is the thing that you're just like, mm. it's something I know and yet I cannot touch or hold or like, what? Like, ugh. I can't describe it. I can't, I want to create it. I want to say it. I want to name it. I want to whatever, but it just feels so elusive. What is that for you? There is a reason why you're so committed to that dance to that discourse to that conversation to that experience what is it what is it because being in that is life being in that is like that's the thing that keeps you awake in your life it's not the struggle that if you could just touch it and like wrap it up with a bow then you could move on with your life and not look at it again like this is the thing This pain is the gift. This, this dance you have with the forgetting and remembering is the most important thing. What is that? And what might happen if you took two steps back and looked at it and then maybe walked 180 degrees around it and took... 14 steps further back, right? Start looking at it like it's an object. Like take this like amorphous, whatever feeling, experience, like ah, strife. Oh, perhaps I'll make a meditation on this. Let me see. Um, let me write this down. Uh, I have a couple of j literally just a couple, a few, maybe three, I don't know. Uh, meditations on Insight Timer. Um. And I really love doing them. Um, so if you're interested in, in that, uh, I'll put the link in my show notes. But let me see. Um, visualization. Um, struggle. Always so full of pleasant words, aren't I? Okay. Um, so if you can neutralize it, and take it outside of you and stop feeling like it's this like plague that you have that's in inseparable from you. Like take it out and look at it. All right. What could be the higher purpose of this dance, of this struggle, of this challenge, of this experience? What might be the gift of it and what might happen if we anchored in this like when you start to feel that frustration at whatever point not for the sake of not feeling it not for toxic positivity god no not for you know uh, evading feeling and experiencing but as a ding dong like as a doorbell, what if when you start to feel that angst and frustration, you're like, oh, here it is. Oh, here it is again. Okay. Like even if you do nothing else other than, oh, here it is again. Like perhaps if you do that enough times, 
the pattern will emerge and some more clarity and perhaps it neutralizes and perhaps it even starts to feel like, oh, okay, like energizing to you. Like, what if we decided we were going to witness it as like, here I am in my, in my purpose, in my life, in my consciousness, um, and what might come out of that? What might come out of that? Hmm. Okay. So in real time, <laughs> my son will be waking up soon and I am going to ensure that the rest of the day is with focus on him and witnessing him and kind of being aware of how the rest of the day felt and flows after having this time to myself um, first. Not that it's, it's even possible to like always have it so but just to have an understanding. And then as for you and the rest of your day, I invite you to do the same. I invite you to whatever came to mind as I was talking about, you know, my shit. Like when, <laughs> when you think about your shit, <laughs> how are you going to go about the rest of your day once you think about like, oh, that shit being actually the disguise for the most beautiful, <laughs> whatever. Okay. If you are interested in continuing this conversation with me live in real time and um, wanting to really double down and commit to time and space for your own creation, for your own dance. Sacred Seeing is my monthly membership for creatives where we join together once a week, every week, and we work and we play and we talk and we dance with all of these things. Click the link in the show notes if you want to learn more about it. I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching containers where we dance with the subconscious mind and really play with pulling out what are these what are these underlying strategies what are these habits what are these behaviors that are going on under the surface um that are linked to all of the other things going on in our lives and not just the one symptom or the one thing that we're consciously aware of and identifying as a problem, uh, so that when we make a discovery, a self-discovery, it can influence every part of your life. And more info for that will be in my show notes. Okie dokie. That's it for today. That's all she wrote. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day, and I will talk to you soon. This has been an Awkward Sage production.